Oiga, disculpe, ¿esta es una Laika? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Laika Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today's guest is Kay Rowan Young. So once again, thank you for taking time out of your day, giving the listener something to listen to. Please introduce yourself, where you're at, where you've been, what you do, anything you like the world to know. Hi, everybody. I'm Kay Rowan Young. Uh, I'm in Southern California, in Santa Monica, California, out here by the beach. Um, what else? <laughs> what else did you ask me? <laughs> so much for me taking notes. No, no, no worries. So... Thank you. I appreciate you. I I do want to ask how far I should have looked on the map pretty bad. But how far is Santa Monica from San Diego? Okay, that's a couple I would say it's a couple of hours north, two to three hours. Okay. I mean, depending on how fast you drive, I guess. Um mm-hmm. it's Los Angeles, okay. basically. Santa Monica is the beach uh Beach, uh, Santa Monica and Venice are the beach of Los Angeles. Okay. I was just about to say that. You said two hours. I said, oh, that's about the same distance as Los Angeles. So you are Los Angeles, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. All right. West yeah. Coast, See a lot of photographers out there? In Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you- I think we tend to, I think we tend to find each other, mm-hmm. right, at, at certain events. I mean, I've been to some events where I've looked around and I said, I think there's more of us than there are of like the skateboarders or whatever event where we're at. So I just end up taking pictures of other photographers. (laughs) I might get this wrong, but is Santa Monica the beach where all the muscle people, bodybuilder guys go and they do all that muscle? You're very close. You're very close. So here's the history. Originally, Muscle Beach started just south of the Santa Monica Pier, okay? So there was an original Muscle Beach, like just, just you know, um, some yards or whatever, a couple hundred yards south of the Santa Monica Pier, you know, with the big Ferris wheel, the world-famous pier. And at some point, and then this is where I don't know the history entirely, at some point, it shut down, and Venice Beach, just about, you know, a couple of miles to the south, within walking distance, they set up the Venice Beach uh, Muscle Beach. Okay. So now with the Arnold Schwarzenegger, that whole like idea of Muscle Beach, that is Venice Beach. Okay. So I was wrong. But that's cool. It's actually You're called welcome. Muscle Beach. It is called Muscle Beach. Yep. Nice. I learned something new today. Thank you for learning me. I appreciate that. <laughs> So why don't you take us down when you started making photos and when you did, what kind of photos were you making? Um, well, we go to the way back. We get into the way back machine for that one. Um, <laughs> because my dad was a photographer, you know, with the screw mounts and the many different cameras. And he was a bit of a, you know, how, I don't know if you're old enough, but when I was a kid, a little kid, dad used to set up those projector screens and he'd pop in the slides and we'd sit there endlessly and he'd show like endlessly the pictures that he'd taken on the big projector slides of when he went to Japan or when he went to wherever he went, right? So you'd sit there and you'd be like, oh, so boring. <laughs> but because of probably that exposure to photography, 
I, you know, I like a lot of other kids wanted to take pictures of my friends in high school or junior high. So there was always some kind of camera action, um, that I did. Um, but if we fast forward to taking photography seriously beyond, I want to take pictures of where I travel or I wanted to take pictures of my friends goofing off. Then we get to, uh, my job, my day job is as a location scout and a location manager for film and television. Okay. As a location scout, you know, I go all over and I take photos of the location. And when I started also location scouting back in the nineties, um, it was film. There wasn't digital, right? So, <laughs> so I remember having a not so great camera as a, as a real, real, real beginner in this career, like so early, like if I wasn't just answering, you know, the department's phone and, you know, turning in purchase orders for them, I, you know, was watching them go out and location scout and bring back a whole bunch of photos. And, um, I only had a point and shoot, you know, the same kind I might've taken when I went to a party or a Halloween event or, you know, with my friends. And a manager, one manager who hired me looked at me and said, you need to put down for a real camera, like a real a DSLR or not even a DSLR, a real camera mm-hmm. because it wasn't digital back then. So um, I can't even remember what that was. It was a Nikon. It was some kind of a Nikon. And um, we would walk around with rolls and rolls and rolls of film as we went to locations because when you shot, when you scouted a location on film, and I'm, I'm totally rambling now, but um, well, let's say I, I, I wanted to scout, I don't know, the commercial or the show needed bedrooms or kitchens or houses, whatever. You basically go stand in a corner. You hold your camera vertical. You got rolls of film in there. And you go click, 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 right to left. Yeah. Okay? And then you get... So let's say a small room would be like a vertical, six verticals to eight verticals, right? So then you, and you do that for every room in the house, right? And you go to six or seven different houses. So now you've got so much rolls of film. We would render the 23 minute photo at the end of the day. And after driving around all over town and we would just dunk rolls of film at them. And then you would sit there and you would wait for them to just start pumping the rolls and, and you know, I, you didn't go to the CVS. You didn't go to the, you wanted good quality photos because the people who are going to be looking at these photos when you put them together would be creative minded directors and designers. So you wanted them to be good photographs. So that's kind of how I learned, but the, 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 to finish that part of the story. So you get these rolls of film back and you have a bedroom would take six verticals, right? You would have to then tape them together in order to make a pan. Mm-hmm. So you would sit there as the, as the rolls would pump out and you would start taping the vertical pans together. You'd shuffle through and go, God, I hope these are in order. And then you'd put them together and then you'd take those pans and you'd paste, you'd tape them into a, um, a whole booklet of a manila file folder type. And you would put, tape those manila file folders into like little booklets. And then you would, it was a whole process. Yeah. And that would be like one day's, that would be like one day's work. So I could dump 15 rolls of film and get a whole bunch of 
pictures, 15 yeah. times 36. And then I would just have to sit there and tape them together. And then I'd hand these booklets over the next day or two days later, if they gave you a little bit of time. And, um, <laughs> and they would look at these books like real quickly, like mm-hmm. mm, 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 toss it aside in minutes and go, what do you, what else you got? Oh, wow. <laughs> so you really did get paid to travel and shoot photography. That's awesome. I did at one point. Yes. And then, um, and then, uh, prim- primarily it was around the Los Angeles area. Sometimes I would go off into other, other places. Um, but then, you know, family started to happen and, and I couldn't leave as easily to go off to wherever. Hey, do you want to go scout, you know, mm-hmm. Minnesota or something? Yeah, but I couldn't, right? I couldn't do it. Now the iPhone, so. you just do one pano photo at a time. You have to have. You could do a pan or they, they're, yeah. <laughs> just like that. Or they're good with just a wide, right? You just hold the camera and you walk into a room. Now, those of us who are old school who still prefer very good photos, yes. we will still use some kind of digital camera, not the iPhone. Mm. But if, if, if you're in a rush, some of these iPhone jobs are just as good. Yes, they you still are. have to upload the phone somewhere yeah. to a website or whatever, or Dropbox. Um, and they still go through them just as quickly. As much time as you spend driving around going to these places, there's meeting the people, chatting with the homeowners or whatever you're doing, the restaurant owners, the business owners, taking photos and being cordial and, and you know, the designers still go, nah, no, next. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. That's what they need to do. Have you ever had someone where you disagreed with their selection of location? You want to shoot that? Oh, sure. There? Yeah, sure. All the time. But you know what I mean? That's not my job. Yeah. That's not you know, I'm not going to get into their rifle. They have a whole beyond the locations. They have to think of the cohesiveness, the cohesive look of a film mm-hmm. or a TV show or whatever. Okay. I could say logistically, this is easier, but you're talking to a creative and they don't care about logistics. Yeah. They just want to know what's going to be shown on the screen. That's true. And so I understand that. Your 36 hours of work is their 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, because they have to do a million other things too. Wow, you got it. You got the rough one. That's the hard job. <laughs> <laughs> one of the many yeah. in this industry. One of the many. That's interesting. Just and then just going by. Have you ever considered? I believe I know I said I wasn't going to get into gear talk, but I believe this one actually fits in. I like the X Pan cameras where it's a sixteen by nine ratio, where you probably just take one photo. You know what? I have never considered that ever. That's a good idea. And no one has ever brought it to my attention in the last, you know, mm-hmm. six or seven years. Granted, maybe that is going on now with other people who do what I do. I have been locked into a specific TV show since the season one of this one TV show. And uh, it's a very simple show. So there's not as much occasion for me to go out and scout now Mm -hmm. um, on this show. So we keep it simple. Uh, There's no need for me to come up with really super fancy gear. I'm not scouting for Michael Mann, you know. I'm scouting for a simple television show, which is sweet and lovely and a big hit, but 
Mm. It doesn't require, um, it doesn't require as many locations as say a film did. Nice. Does your name get put into the credits? It does. It does. You're famous, famous. Uh, If you wait, if people want to wait for the location department, then sure. Yes. If that's what you qualify as famous, sure. My name is somewhere on a screen. (laughs) Do you get paid royalties for this? Oh gosh, there, right? no! What? Ugh, you do all the yeah, work. no. Those well, jokes. we get the credit. That's why they call it a credit? Yeah. Um, we get the credit and we get the salary. And um, unlike some other crafts in the entertainment industry, we don't get what are called residuals, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we don't get paid every time something airs or anything like that. Well, they should start paying you extra. I agree with you 100%. Pay everybody extra. <laughs> everybody needs to get paid extra. The labor summer is here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The labor summer. An avocado in California is like $9. It's not really $9, but Dude, it, it's close. It, it, it's expensive, although, uh, you know, shout out to Trader Joe's. I can still get a, a bag of teeny avocados, a yeah. uh, bag of like four or five or something for about five this um, although I just went to uh, the grocery store and I was like, when did the price of milk jump up like a whole <laughs> buck, a whole dollar? I was like, what? <laughs> crazy. I have just this weird fixation and obsession with avocado. So I, I use it a lot. Everybody, I go, what's up yeah. with the avocado emoji? Like, what does it mean? It's just an avocado. That's it. No, no meaning. Okay. Okay, good. That, that clears up. I'll check that across that list, across that question off my list. Nice, nice. Um, Avocados are the best, dude. I was like, it's the trifecta. It was part of my trifecta of staple food. We're not even talking about photography. No, we're <laughs> we'll get there. I promise. But I do get a lot of questions about my avocado emoji. <laughs> so now we got a little bit of information about your work and super cool travel photography for scouting locations. Really quick, are you allowed to say what show you work for? Or is that top secret? Yes. No, no, no. It's a, it's the CBS television show called Young Sheldon. Oh, it's on Netflix it now. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, Young Sheldon is the spinoff of the wildly popular Big Bang uh, show produced by Chuck Lorre. And um, we, uh, we have been doing this for, we, fi- we finished six seasons and we're waiting. Mm-hmm. To begin the seventh season, although the entertainment industry strikes have slowed our role on beginning that right now. Normally, we begin in July, and as of right now, it's October when you and I are recording this, and um, we are still waiting to go back to work because of the strikes. Ouchie. Is it the writer yeah, one? Yeah, It's the writer's strike thing where the writers aren't writing for... The, the writers uh, were striking from, I want to say, from May until just uh, like the end of September, I think it was. Um, so, or maybe it was even the first of October. Um, but they have com- completed their negotiations and the writers are back mm-hmm. writing content. So no longer will you be looking at old content or what the heck is this content? 
Um, hopefully soon you guys will get fresh and new, exciting content to watch. You'll, you'll begin to see the next season of your favorite show. Um, but uh, we can't actually begin the filming of this new content until the actors complete their negotiations. And they started their strike in July. Okay. And as of today, um, in what are we in mid October, they are still on strike. Okay. Well, to all those listeners out there, pay the writers, pay the actors, pay the location scouts, just pay them. Pay them. Pay yeah. them so we can all go back to work and, yeah. and maybe the price of milk will come down. Yeah. <laughs> Avocados will still go up. <laughs> all right. I think I'm done with avocados for now. But we got some really good information on your job and how you started off taking multiple exposures to stitch panels together. But please tell us how you got into street photography. When did that occur? Uh, well, you know what's funny is that I didn't even know the term street photography probably until four or five years ago, something like that. Um, because for me, it sounded street photography sounded like location photography. Yes. Just with bodies in the way. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, doing what I do always preferred photographs where there was zero people cluttering my shot. Mm -hmm. So the idea of street photography was really kind of like, I didn't get it. Um, I think, so I heard about it, but I didn't quite understand it. And of course I had, I had seen wonderful photographers, uh, Cartier Bresson, um, uh, and Ho. I've seen all these great, I just didn't understand or know that it was, you know what I mean? That it was, um, street photography. Yeah. Um, so I got into street photography, I would say probably around 2020 in the pandemic because I mean, I'm not the first person to say it. We all picked up cameras and just started documenting Mm -hmm. what was happening or what wasn't happening by the way. And I, um, I started following a group called street badass mm-hmm. on, um, Instagram. And I think they really, uh, pulled street photography into my, um, for, into the foreground for me. Like, Whoa, I get, it. I'm starting to get it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think just during pandemic, I was out and about taking photographs, but, but, I think even before that, like going to places like Cuba, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, well, how can you not want to take yeah. pictures of, of all these beautiful people and these beautiful colors on the street. And if this is street photography, it's pretty rad. It's kind of like travel photography for me right now. Yeah. Kind of like location scouting, but travel photography. Um, it wasn't until pandemic that I realized that I could do th- this type of photography in my own neighborhood, mm-hmm. in my own city. And, and then it was a matter of like, Oh, well, what do I see? What, what am I looking for? And to this day, I'm still, I'm still trying to shut that out. Yeah. Well, I do like your photos, the street portraits. 
I do really appreciate those. Mm. And your selection of subjects is really spot on. And it really does capture your environment and your locations of wherever it is you're shooting. Now, so I've been hosting this podcast for a little over two years and kind of like the evolution of the question when you began street photography has changed. So just to keep it very simple as a disclaimer, I know a lot of people, they like to say, oh, I don't put labels on my photography and a lot of the listeners may have heard me say this before, but I only use the term street photography as reference of anything that's not inside of a studio. So I hope I'm not offending anybody when I say the term street photography. It's not the intent, but that's what it is. You're not in the studio. You're outside in the streets. So street mm-hmm. photography. Now, whatever anyone else wants to call it, classify it. By all means, I'm not going to fight you to the death with a knife like a beat it video. It's just, uh, <laughs> it is, it's street photography. So, but yes, you're, I would kind of agree. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, I would kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have, I also have some additional thoughts that I've been pondering um, because I think Yes, street photography in general, agreed 100% is anything outside of the studio if you're out and about on the street. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a street portrait of somebody you capture, a candid, um, you know, or one of those decisive moments exactly. on the street, street photography. Um, but also, just because you're on the street with a camera, my personal opinion and, and this is how I have to also look at my own work, um, doesn't necessarily make it good street photography. It might be a snapshot, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to challenge you now. What would you okay. say? I, I, liked, I like, you know, listening to people, especially when they start comparing things, but what would you say defines a snapshot versus a street photo? I think a street photo will tell a story. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. It will intrigue. It will tell a story. It will capture a decisive moment. Okay. Uh, I think a snapshot is say cheese, click, and you're on the street, right? I think that's a snapshot. Um, say cheese and it's just sort of like that. Eh, okay. It's that, it's that, you know, peace sign that you can get every time you stop to say, yeah. may I take a portrait? Look, I've been guilty of it too. People want to take my portrait and then like, what comes up? Like, ah, oh, you know, and it's like an automatic reflex. Yo, mm-hmm. how do I say hello or cheese without saying cheese? You put up a peace sign. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, there you go. Yeah. But you know, here in Venice, not here, but in Venice, um, it, it's also V for Venice. So okay. um, it isn't, the, you know, or at my kid's high school, it's V for Viking. Go oh, Santa Monica Viking. There we go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to know where you are, I guess. Also, I know in other countries, you put up a V and it could mean a whole bunch of other stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
Uh, it's very similar. I would say you got to watch your hand signs in Chicago as well. As soon as your hands go up, you got to be very cognizant of where you're at and who's around. Oh. So. Uh, when, Good information. Yeah. We're trying to keep it friendly out in the streets, though. So if you see the two fingers up, that just means peace. Peace and love. That's it. Yeah. Have you <laughs> have you ever been on the opposite end of the camera when people walking by taking pictures? Rarely. Okay. Rarely. And I think that's because I always have my camera. Yeah. Why would you want to take a picture of somebody else with a camera? Uh-huh. I mean, it's just one of those, oh, we're photographers. Click, click, you know. Do you get the nod, the camera shake and the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the kind of like, mm-hmm. what are you holding? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that a light? What's in your bag? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's in your bag? What are you, what are you, what are you acting? Yeah. Let me tuck my Fujifilm away. Just got the real ah, deal. Great. I'm sorry. Fuji's yeah. great. I gave myself some crickets. So <laughs> take us down your process of your photo making out and about when you're not working. Okay. Like now, uh, when I'm not working. Um, well, I, I grab my camera Mm -hmm. I pick a camera. Um, and I walk out the door and sometimes I will have my earbuds playing music as a kind of a, a mood psych up, whatever. Um, I usually, for me, I, I have found that I, I have to take them, like for the first 10 minutes, I just have to shoot anything just as a warm up, mm-hmm. stretching. It's kind of like stretching with my camera. I'll just take a picture of a shadow. I'll take a picture of the dog. Um, I'll just snap at somebody walking by with no intention. Um, once I start to figure out what kind of a mood I guess I'm in, uh, then my, then I start to gravitate towards that. If it's a good, sunny, skipping type of mood, mm-hmm. um, I might want to go to the pier and, and take a nice long walk and see who's walking along the beach boardwalk. Or, um, if I'm in the mood to, you know, get crowd, get into people and crowds, then I'll, then I'll, I might want to go to Venice beach boardwalk and and see all the the tourists and the and the vendors there um it's rare that i will actually want to get in my car and go somewhere and and to take photos unless there's a specific event because i don't know if you know this but getting driving around la is like uh like it takes 20 minutes to go to the store you're like uh gonna get my car we love our cars we love being in them uh but also it takes forever to get anywhere so you really have to time it you really have to be fully intentional. Like I'm not just go. It, well, I take that back. I'm not often just going to randomly just say, "All I'm going to do is going to drive to downtown Los Angeles today. I'll pay the twenty bucks and park my car all day, and then just willy nilly walk around." I don't do that like I would here in my own neighborhood, where I can walk in, out the door and just willy nilly walk around within a you know a two ish mile radius. So sometimes I need to do something else. I need to see something else. And I don't force myself to go out and see other stuff as often as I need to, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure to 
that insane person who thinks, okay, well, I know I'm bored with the beach, but maybe if I go outside and do the same thing again and again, something different will happen. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes something cool is going on, but for the most part, the same stuff is happening. And it's, it's a challenge at that point that I've committed to staying at the beach that I have to really go, well, what, what can I adjust within my own technique or my own uh, hunting in order to make it different for me today? So you would say that your mood on that specific occasion kind of dictates the type of photo you'll be taking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There are times where I may have seen a cool photo, like a technique that somebody has shown. Mm -hmm. And now I want to do that because I need to change things up in my own routine. And so I'll go out and I'll be like, let's do some motion capture. Let's practice a flash. I mean, I went on a flash bender for like two weeks, three weeks, where I was just walking around with a flash all the time. And I, I have a, a way of describing, I, I say I'm always practicing. Mm-hmm. Every time I go out with a camera, I'm always practicing so that I take the pressure off myself to come back with something amazing. Yeah. Um, everything is a practice. For me, so it's like I don't know how to do this technique. I didn't know how to do. I don't know how to use this new camera. I go out and I practice, right? For two, so it's okay if everything comes back like shit. Mm-hmm. Can I say shit? Do everything shit. comes back like garbage. No, you okay. can say shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then I decide, oh, is this something that I want to incorporate into my bag of tricks? Um, like I've tried double exposure. Mm-hmm. Tried to do like double exposure. I don't get it. I'm not good at it. It is hard. And so I always put it down. Yeah. And then every now and then I get bored with some of the other things I, I do. And I try to pick it back up and I'm like, nope, still, I don't get it. Still don't get it. That's a hard and I one. Envy. I, yeah. Yeah. I still envy the people who do it well. So I tried it and it really depends on the overlay on how the image comes out. And then I just gave up because I didn't have the patience to, to try it. I don't see myself <laughs> trying to revisit it, but I, I do recall a specific moment. It was definitely not intentional. It was user error, and I messed up my camera, pushed the wrong button trying to get my camera out to take a photo. But I was in London, and there was just this woman standing in the middle of the sidewalk on it was Oxford Circus, and she's just hundreds of people just walking around this woman and she was froze and I wanted to get like a slow shutter of her just being still in place and like the sea of people Uh moving around her I don't know what button I pushed and I was really furious that it happened but the multiple exposure mode came on and oh no so I took the first shot and it was really nice but the camera I was using, you have to push like okay to to accept that photo and it wouldn't unfreeze. And before I realized what was going on and I could unlock it, the, the whole moment was done. And I was really upset. And my personality, I have this really low tolerance level for electronics. I get really agitated if the electronics don't, you know, cooperate with me. And... Ah. Yeah, I get really mad and I have to talk myself out of throwing my camera all the way across the street because I miss, 
I missed the, the 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 photo, and it was my fault. And I don't know how I did it, but I yeah, I almost tossed that camera across the road because of that. But glad I didn't. Yeah, it was yeah. insured, so I would have probably had to buy a new one from the insurance money. But I'm still glad I didn't do that. Don't toss your cameras. Right. Don't do that. Don't yeah. drop them. Don't toss them. Don't phase yeah. them. So to anyone who actually has mastered the art of multiple exposure photography, good on you. Good on you. Please hit us up. <laughs> How to do it. Yeah. So do you, you said flash. Do you, do you or did you, I'm not sure if you still do it, but do you go around uh, flash sync or radio triggers and you just go around Bruce Gilding? It's kind of like the coin, the, the, the technique, Bruce Gilding, just walking up and zapping people in the face. Oh yeah, I I, I sometimes pull that Bruce Gilding sort of like you know, flashing. And let's be fair, I've only I've only started using flashes within the last few months because before that I was a natural light photographer. I, I dislike mm-hmm. vehemently the look of a flash, primarily because they're doing it very well. Yeah, it was just sort of like a blast light. I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, how does anybody like this? Mm-hmm. But I, I started to see some people who were doing it uh, uh, creatively. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now I want to figure out this thing. And it was, um, so I, now I am walking around, right? With the flash in my hand and the, the trigger on the on the camera. Or uh, like a, whatever the signal thingy. Not, I'm not technical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes I am walking past people and I'm flashing. Like I'm, I will, I will see the person or the thing or whatever. If it's a person, I see them and I, I should walk close enough to them because when I'm using the Leica, you know, you got to be a little close on the 28, the Q2. And I will, Hold the camera out off to the side to get in front of them. Flash, and I'll be like, "Oh gosh, sorry, I, you know, like that. I, did that go off or yeah. something?" Right? <laughs> you disarmed the situation. And then, it, yeah, and then in other times it's down low, you know, and I'm just sort of pretending, like, you know, what's going on with my camera, and I've got the flash maybe close to the camera, and I'm like, I'm faking that. What's going on with my camera thing? You know, how do I do this? I'm faking that, and then, you know, I'll get them yeah. with a flash. And they're like, oh, did that? Oh, that was bright. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally with meant the, to do with that. With the hope that I get something. It's <laughs> awesome. Oh, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about that. Oh, so natural. No disrespect. But when I was very similar when I first started photography and I used to, oh, I don't like flash. I'm a natural life photographer. I like to embrace the natural life from the sun's rays. But that just pretty much equated to me saying I didn't understand how to use flash. Yeah. So exactly. no disrespect to all the natural light photographers out there, but whenever you say you prefer natural light over flash, you might, yeah. But that just really tells other photographers you never really gave flash a chance. Now, that being said, if you understand how to control the light, there are power settings on those flashes, by the way, if you're using a full manual one. Yep. You can actually control that flash where you actually can produce really beautiful artificially lit subjects and if you know how to do it right it's not that white you know built-in pop-up flash look so i I will say learn flash 
step out of your comfort zone, do something different, yeah. and you might actually enjoy it. I'm not the the walk and zap type of person, so sometimes I'll carry a flash, but I don't do flash people in in the streets. But I will say there's very few photographers who I actually like to see when they do that technique. And it's actually becoming real popular. And everybody's yeah. always making fun of the guys walking around with the flashing cords and zapping people in the face. <laughs> I, I've right. never I've never done that before, but I'm pretty sure it's fun. I might get punched in the face, though, because, you know, creepy guy ah. in the street. I'm sure people don't approach you as to fight more in the streets because. Right. No, not so much. Not so much fight. Uh, I've had one. I've had one specific occasion. I I mean, I've had a a few occasions where people didn't want me to take their photo full Mm -hmm. stop. Right. Um, And one girl ran up after me after I took her photo from so far away. Right. And she ran, she chased me down and I was like, ugh, you know, like I knew, I knew, I didn't know in that moment because all the fight or flight, you know, uh, adrenaline was like rushing up to the, you know, under my chin and just ready to bark out my mouth. But I, I managed to not spew a whole bunch of horrible reaction at her mm-hmm. and let her back. But I did have to explain to her, no, you're incorrect. I do have every right to take this photo, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to delete it because I don't want to take your photo now. Yeah. This is too ugly for me. <laughs> yeah, you're ugly um, now. Get away from me. Ugly well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it was, it was like, I took a photo of you because you were beautiful, but this right here is not. I think I said something to that effect. Yeah. But then I had another occasion where I was uh, at the, um, there's a bike path I stand next to um, and, and people, bikers go by, roller skaters go by. And one woman on roller skate um, who, you know, had a fun, colorful look about her. Um, she flipped me the bird and I thought, oh, you know, what's no big deal because that sometimes it's just a, a a way of saying hello, right? Mm-hmm. Um, out here on the West Coast, at least, like, yo, homie, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but she flipped, and, and so I, I took her picture, and she slowed her roll and turned around and goes, you better not be a sex trafficker. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. I was like, so how random. do you go from zero to a million <laughs> in a second? How does your brain, and then I was just like, ah, something might have happened to her. She's having yeah. a really horrible day. To go from zero to 60 like that yeah. in straight fear that I was going to sell a photo or sex traffic her. I don't even know. Yeah. That was, to me, it was like way outside. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go, we're on a public street. I didn't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. That escalated really quickly there. And I was going to say a, a, a joke, but I caught myself. It would probably come off very insensitive, but I'll keep that coming to myself. <laughs> But that's pretty <laughs> extreme. You're taking a photo and then being accused of sex trafficking. So, uh, boom. Like it, it, it went in minutes. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. my God. That poor woman. What is wrong? You yeah. know? So, I got some questions about the type of photos you post on Instagram, mainly of, I'm going to just go ahead and call them cholos. But how do you get in there? Okay. And how do you uh, approach these subjects where you're like a photographer and not so law enforcement looking. Cause you know, people in, 
in different parts of the world, they see cameras and they instantly think you're the police, right? They don't understand, like, no, I'm just a photographer. Like, this is just making art. How do you approach your subjects in that way and kind of disarm them to show them your intentions are just purely creative? Well, there's a couple of things that I was having this conversation with a, a photographer friend of mine, a couple of them actually. Um, the first thing I'll say is that a lot of these people that I tend to catch, um, they're at big events, right? I'm not just walking around certain neighborhoods by myself. Mm-hmm. We're at a gathering as it is for the most part. Um, and I think there's just a, 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 a more communal thing when, when a whole bunch of people are gathered at like an art event or a car show event or something that maybe there is a, be- a higher expectation that photos are going to be taken. I don't know. I don't know that that might be a lot to do with it. Um, if I am in a neighborhood event, like I said, I don't often leave the beach unless there's an event mm. that, that takes me there. So I'm not gonna, I'm not the, I'm like five foot two on a good day. Right. And I, as a, as a female, I won't just go randomly walking through certain neighborhoods of Los Angeles where I don't know the history of that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in my, my day job, I have to take that into precaution as well. There were some projects that I've worked on that wanted me to go into rougher, I will say rougher territorial type neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And there's a protocol in some of those neighborhoods. And you almost have to get permission from certain people to go location scout them, which is why I know not to just willy nilly go walking around randomly in a neighborhood. Um, and sometimes even parts of downtown Los Angeles, like where, you know, Skid Row, certain uh, what Skid Row, Skid Row, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not the type of photographer who feels the need to go and document Skid Row. If I, if I ever choose to do that, Mm. then I will get some kind of permissions from somewhere. I'm not just going to go do it. I've had, I've had bottles thrown at me and God knows what's in those bottles. I've heard, uh, friends of mine who've had like bags of hypodermic needles, plastic bags or paper bags of hypodermic, used hypodermic needles thrown at them from above, like, like needle bombs. So I don't do that. I don't just randomly go without a specific reason. And if, if, if there isn't a specific reason, then I, I try to get some kind of permissions if I can to be there. Um, now that said also, even within these car events, let's say I wander off or I'm in different parts of that neighborhood. I'm off on the outskirts of the event or even in the event. Um, I'm also uh, a, a, a female who doesn't look like I've had, I don't look like I've, I've come from certain neighborhoods or had a certain background. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't look like I have any ties or connection to any groups or affiliations um, within the city 
uh, urban landscape. Um, other photographer friends of mine who are male, they're big, and yeah. um, they walk a certain way. I don't. I'm so naive. I'm so like, oh, can I take your picture? I literally run up to somebody with tattoos all over their head and their face. I'll be like, ooh, can I take your picture? You get asked that a lot. But can I? Yeah. You know? They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> because I'm just so, there's there's clearly no attachment with me. Like, um, But other photographers, I know they may have had models in, uh, and they're, they're just, you know, out on a public street, but it happens to be somewhere in a neighborhood mm-hmm. and they're taking photos of this, this model or something and they will get rolled up on and they'll be like, yo, what's, what are you doing? And because they have a camera, you know, what are you taking pictures of? And the photographer, because of his appearance, will have to explain, I'm just here taking photos. I'm just an artist and just a street photographer. I don't have any, you know, but you know, they may have to say, but I do know somebody just in case you want to check me out. Yeah. And I can't do but they will have to yeah they will have to say listen if it's a problem I'll go but if you want to check me out check in with so and so you know because they actually do know so and so or or the the person who came up on it might say "All right, dude you're okay but that model you're with can't be here because her boyfriend is so and so and y'all have to go you know so I didn't even realize that until my friends were explaining my male Mm -hmm. photographer friends we're explaining that they have to take all this into consideration because we were recently throwing out ideas for like a location that said a group of us want to go shoot. And I was like, what about about this? Okay. We can't go there. And I'm like, why not? (laughs) And they had to explain this to me. And I was like, wow, you guys have to really consider all that. I never would have. Yeah. So I'm actually glad you bring that up. You know, the differences of being a male versus female photographer, and so it seems like you get a lot of freebies on your side, but were there, are there, were there, we'll go with past, present. Are there any like challenges that you face now as being a female photographer? Oh, sure. Like just going out at night with mm. all my expensive camera gear. I'm an easier target, I think, than a bigger male might be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, walking around in, in unknown territory for me, like I said, um, if I don't have the knowledge that, that a particular area is, you know, belong, quote unquote, belongs to a group or an affiliation, if I don't have that knowledge, because I just don't, um, I set myself up for, uh, who knows what by walking around mm-hmm. by myself. Um, and you know, whatever, just, I, I think just as a female, it, you might get away with more, but also you also have to be on guard more, particularly if you're taking thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Mm-hmm. Right. You could easily swipe this thing out of my hand in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I might be squirrely. Yeah. I might be squirrely, and I might, you know, but I can't. I'm also small. I can't. My legs aren't as long. I can't run as fast as you, probably. I'm slow, so <laughs> no one's outrunning me. I'm just gonna try. Uh, 
So the trick is you just have to be faster than the other person you're with when you're getting chased. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or don't get chased. That's, another, don't get yeah, chased. that's a good one as well. Don't get chased. But <laughs> well, I was going to ask another question. Oh, okay. So we got your challenges. What, like, I want to try to, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question, but mm, the woman photographer community group, how do you embrace and support each other? Oh, well, that's, that's a broad question. Um, I, I think we do a good job of trying to lift each other up mm-hmm. and, and encourage um, this is great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we give each other advice, like don't go here. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, I had a female photographer who was, who told me a story of how she was shooting out in Venice. She had her tripod, she had her camera and it was late. It was after like, after dark, everything had closed. She, I don't know what she was out shooting, but, um, uh, she said somebody, you know, there, there are a lot of homeless people and a lot of people suffering mental illness in, in Venice and they're, they're on the streets and, and she encountered, you know, somebody who wasn't entirely mentally stable or who was, you know, so down and out that he, he wanted to take her gear basically. Yeah. And she was like, don't just don't go to this block. Don't go here after such and such time. Um, because this is what happened to me. She's like, I had to do some crazy ninja move with my tripod. Yeah. Um, you know, just to keep the guy away. Um, Hopefully. So it's, I think that's one way we, 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 we can, we can and continue, at least in my experience, we, we support each other, mm-hmm. but also I think women in general, <laughs> women in general, there's two factions, right? There's the factions that are like, you know, want to, want to make things a competition uh, about everything. And then there's, there's, there's more of the, the group that prefer to go the sisterhood route. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just help each other and lift each other up thing. Yeah. So I'm just going to tie back quickly to what you said. Creatively, how many of the people are kind of like on their own? Like, oh, I'm better than you in the woman community. None? You know, in the community that I hang out with, I don't know. I don't. I don't have ties to anybody like that. Okay. Everybody, male or female in uh, my photography network, mm-hmm. I feel like we all encourage support, you know, reshare, tag, talk things out with each other. I mean, like I've been, I, even now I'm trying to submit to um, a local thing here and I'm having a really, really difficult time editing down to a cohesive body of 20, 15 to 20 images. And so I have been sharing, you know, like here's 33, here's, I'm down to 25, here's 20, you know, I've been sharing it with everybody, every photographer I know, yeah. almost, not every photographer, a lot of photographers I know, just saying, give me your thoughts, right? I, I am also, I have grown to become one of those people. I wasn't in my younger years, but I've grown to become one of those people who can, um, 
hear constructive criticism for what it is. Constructive criticism. It's not a slight. It's not a, you know, I think I am. I do that. I might do that to myself. Like, oh, all all, all of these are shit. Everything is shit. I have no intention. I'm totally crap. Right. I might do that on occasion. Um, But if one of my other photographer friends says this one's weaker, because mm-hmm. I asked them, I said, just tell me which ones are, are, are the weakest of the bunch. Not to say that it's bad. It's just to say they're weak. Also, I had a recent in this poll that I was doing. I sent my photographs to um, uh, somebody who had curated one of my recent um, photography shows. And I asked them to take a look. Yeah. And they gave me some wonderful advice. Um, and they said, first First, they said, I don't like street photography in general, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, okay, fine. I said, but if you had to kill some of my darlings, which ones would they be? And he was like, well, you're technically, you know, and this was his opinion. I'm not saying I am. He's saying you have good skill. You're very technically good. You have a good eye for composition. You have a good eye. He says, but I find that your body of work is unfocused. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I love that feedback. Old me would have crumbled and hid under the covers for a little while, yeah. right? Old, younger me. I would say old me, but I mean younger me. Um, and then I would have gone defensive, like, that, that effort doesn't know what the heck he's talking about, yeah. right? Uh, but when he said that to me, I was like, oh, thank God, thank you mm-hmm. for saying that because, you know, I heard something that really resonated with me. Some of my other photographer friends are like, this one's weak and this one's weak and I like this one more than the other and but all your work is great. And I'm like, I like to hear that too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm the best photographer. But what I, I need but what I need in this moment where I am having trouble mm-hmm. looking at my own work right now, I need somebody to come down hard and say, Listen, it's unfocused. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because as soon as as soon as I, I, I got that information, I was like, ooh, something inside of me was like it rang a bell like, yeah. ah, this body of work that I'm putting together right now looks unfocused. Therefore, you know, yeah. I need to find the focus. And now I'm helping, you know, now it's helped me edit much quicker. Yeah. I'm glad you, you brought that up and cure. I was going to ask you and you did say you got a curator curators. I, I think in your instance is very necessary and i say that because when you show your photos to your friends obviously they're gonna like the work now i think what you mean by unfocused was you were not you don't have a uh cohesiveness like it's not really like so you'll take a street portrait and then you just got like a random snapshot of the street so it could be very mixed and broad Mm -hmm. and i was i was very much the same whenever it came for me to sequence. And I was going to ask you if you ever curated with Paris Chong from uh, Leica LA. She's really good at curating. Oh. So uh, reach out to her. Let her know you know me. I kind of know people. But she will um, definitely help you out. And she's very good at curating. But that being said, I don't think the photographer was saying you as a photographer is unfocused probably meant that your body of work that you're trying to shoot is does not meet the requirements of your intent so like i said maybe you're absolutely yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I said, you know, are you talking about unfocused style? Are you talking about unfocused uh, subject matter? Are you talking whatever? And he's like, in general, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm on this topic right now because it, it, it was recent and it's, it's really resonating with me. Yeah. But in general, his impression is that street photography in general tends to be wildly unfocused. People just let, and go, going back to what I said before, people are on the street and they take photos of whatever they see in front of them, yeah. which I do that. I do that because I find something intriguing or something beautiful, something funny in everything. And if that isn't unfocused right there, that full statement, then <laughs> everything yeah. That clearly tells me that there is some unfocused, uh, you know, um, I am unfocused in what I like to photograph. Because mm-hmm. his, his, his feedback was that the subject matter tends to be unfocused. And I was like, okay, this is great information. And maybe also it will help me, um, you know, get re-motivated when I shoot, when I go out and photo so that I am not just grabbing my camera, walking outside and shooting whatever I see. If I can be more intentional, um, flexibility, I want to give myself some grace too, uh, and not limit myself because who knows, like who knows when you're going to see a shark Mm -hmm. and a robot, uh, walking around and lasers on their head. A shark robot, right? <laughs> like, no joke, I saw a shark and a robot outside of Kinsinger one night. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm taking these pictures. You. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if I have this, like, one hyper-focused singular intention, mm-hmm. and I don't, I decide not to shoot because of that singular intention, well, I'm missing out on the shark robot. Yeah. Um, so, I want to, I want to, I want to be Phil Penman with, you know, this, specific style or, or, or topic subject mm-hmm. matter, but I also don't want to miss the shark robot. Yeah. So I, th- I just got the, I had it and I forgot it. And then I remembered, I think direction was probably what the curator meant as far as street photography. And it's really hard too. Cause whenever you go out without an, a, you know, specific defined, this is what I'm going to shoot. Your direction does tend, and I'm using you, I mean, people in general who are out shooting in the streets, the direction seems to just be not focused. So you can go out and you'll take 100 pictures of a tree, some people crossing the street, whatever it may be, it's kind of mixed and random. Now, as us as photographers, we kind of build emotional relationships with how you said our darlings our photos there are these are my they're the best and no one can tell me otherwise and that's when it's very important to have a really tight group of i want to say people in the same creative field as each other so that they can tell you like this this is not really working and i yeah value that more than the friend that's going to tell me oh man your work is amazing like i don't want to hear that right now like you said like i i need to know where i need to improve so you have to tell me where i'm lacking oh and i know absolutely i, I know phil penman by the way we're actually gonna have a 
a workshop together in Tokyo next month. Up, oh, sorry, just a, a random plug, shameless plug that I'm not too All shameless right. to say. The humble brand. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Um, it took me a lot um, to get there, so I'm I'm real proud of that. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Congratulations, and I would love to go to that, but yeah, I can't fly to Tokyo right now. Um, yeah, but to to all of this, I I do have trusted photographer friends. Right? They're not just your friends. You've got your friends, like your family. Oh, that's so good. You're so good at taking photographs. Okay, that's great. Friends and family love you. Thank you. Um, and then I have trusted friends and photographer friends, right? And they will go, when presented, right, um, they may say, I love all your work, right? But this is not saying anything to me. This is not strong. I prefer you can lose this, right? And that's good too. And then you have those people who have no... Um, personal connection to you. It's, it's just, they have strong opinions or this is their job, such as a curator friend or something. And then go now that here's the deal, right? They can give you the hard critique. Mm -hmm. And I like those last two uh, genres. I need those last two types of people. Um, because I'm the friend and family that loves all my work. It's also great. You know, I'm my own friend and family. Yeah. And then also, I'm also my worst critic when I've stared at it for two obsessive days. Mm -hmm. And now I'm so blind, I can't see straight. Okay. I mean, I've been printing out on four by six. Yeah. I've got a staff this big. I could grab them. I got a staff this big, right? And I've just been laying them out on the floor and just moving them around on the floor, mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's the combo I want to submit. Sequencing. How, how do you sequence? Like, how do you? Not know? very well. <laughs> Se <laughs> sequencing is, is very hard. I somehow got really good at how I like to sequence my photos. And I look for something that flows kind of like, well, obviously there's stories, but. It has, the image has to somehow relate to the next image. So yeah. I, I won't start off with, for an example, a tree, and then the next one is an ocean. Well, I guess that kind of flows too, but you kind of see what I'm saying. I'm getting, so it'd be like a tree. Right, you're tree, not going to have a train. Exactly. A tree and then a train. Yeah, it's it's got to flow before. It's got to build up from the tree to the train. Right. I, I wholly agree. And I like to have a, a start and a finish. So it's all wrapped up, mm -hmm. right? There's a connection. Yeah. Okay. Um, my, my issue right now is because I think cinematically, right. In the story. So my problem, my challenge in my own brain is, am I creating a connection that only I can see? Right. So I have to double check myself all the time because I know more about this, what happened when I took this photograph and what's going on and the backstory of the person. But to somebody who doesn't have all that information, are they going to see it instantly? Mm -hmm. Is it going to, you know, in this, from one image to the next image, is it, is it clear? Right. When I connect them. The other challenge I've noticed that I have is that Am I getting so lost in trying to create a story that I'm also not choosing the best photographs? Mm -hmm. Are they photos that just help carry 
to the next good photograph, like fillers, yeah. stepping stones. I don't want, I don't want stepping stones. I want a bang, 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 you know? I want each photo, at least in this particular case, where I have to string 20 of them into a singular vision. I'm trying to find not only the through line, um, but also make sure that each individual photo could stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And this is difficult, it right? Is. Because this is where I'm getting blind in this process. Um, and I keep just moving these things around again and again. And at some point, yeah. uh, overthinking has to stop. And I, I might be at that point right now where I've passed it out to enough people and I've moved the pictures around on the floor enough where even I don't, I'm unemotionally attached at this point. I'm exhausted. <laughs> right. So now maybe I can just sort of like kick back and go, this is good. Send it off. It is what it is. Cause I have no control over the outcome. As much as I move those pictures around in yeah. the sequence, I have no control over the outcome and I have to stop pretending that I will. If I find the perfect sequence is, is this, uh, <laughs> Is this project for like a submission prize kind of deal? Yeah. All right. Well, first, for submission to be chosen. First, I'm going to say good luck with that. I have mixed feelings about those things only because I kind of feel that those people already have a a winner pre pre picked. It it probably is. I'm not saying your work is is not good enough or it won't. It's just my own negative connotation to these awards. I have sour feelings about that. And I would like to say, if if you don't mind me seeing your work, I will sequence for you. I will pick your best 20. Oh. I'll help you out. Yeah. Well, here's what I got. I've got it down to 22 right now. So mm-hmm. I'll ask you if you want to see the 22 or if you want me to send you like the 33. Send, send me 30. I'll take 30. It'll make it easier. Okay. And what I will say <laughs> is... I've worked with a lot of people as far as mentoring and, and workshops to help me out of my, my I want to say plateau, where I felt I was the best version of myself that I could be. And I would recommend this for everyone, new and, new and you know, long-time listeners, is I always recommend it's like, find someone that you really respect in your creative field to kind of mentor you, and they're going to tell you. And... My mentor, my first one I had that really kind of really elevated my my thinking in, in photography when I submitted my photos, he asked me for so many photos and I didn't quite get it. And I submitted my emotional attachments. Oh, I really love this one. And when he saw those photos, it just, he's like, these are all shit. Like, why'd you even show me these? And it made me really think, like, I, I needed to hear that. And I really understand why he said it. But the one thing that I took away that he mentioned was... When you show people your work, they don't know your thoughts, feelings, and intentions. All they know is what they see. So whatever you show them, you have to be very intentional. And, you know, you want to create that feeling on why they know why you took this picture. Like, okay, oh, I'm looking at this. I can see it. I can feel it. This is the reason why this person took this photo. Now, they can be completely wrong in 99 times out of 100. They probably are. But... As long as they have that emotion. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't matter if they're whatever they get mm-hmm. as to why I took the photo. It's 
the only thing that matters is that it it sparks that mm-hmm. that thought process in them. Exactly. So well, good yeah, luck with your hundred percent. Good luck with your thing. I do want to see your your thirty. I'll help you and I'll pick them out. And I'm just gonna tell you now. I'm gonna be very brutally honest, and I'm kind of kind of go down the path on the the similar way of how I was taught. Like, okay, like why, why are you showing me these? So that, nothing against you and your your work, but I, I want to help you no. go to the next level. Yeah, no, that's fine. I like I said, I'm I'm old enough. I'm past the point where mm-hmm. um, I I don't I don't take this personally. I know that I like my photos. I know that I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna present you with a group, that I think each of them are good photos. Mm-hmm. That said, um. Just because all the children walking through the forest are sweet and cute children, if they can't carry their own backpack and they can't carry their own shit, I'm sorry, you gotta, you, you, you're going to get left behind and eaten by the wolves. Yeah. That's just it. All my little darlings, you're all sweet and you all deserve to live, but also carry your own crap or you're going to get eaten by the wolves. Yeah. There's only one backpack <laughs> I carry, and that's my daughter. So just, just, just oh. for everybody. Yeah, random <laughs> random side tangent was I went to visit her in Tokyo and then I went to pick her up from school and she's got this big old bag and she was tiny at the time and the backpack was heavier than it was like clearly larger than her and I said why are you carrying this so I was carrying her backpack and she looked so happy so side tangent that's the only backpack I'll carry for anybody else well that's sometimes it's a parent's job yeah it is it's my only job so uh, that was really good. I'm glad we got there. I do hope you are accepted into whatever it is you are trying to get into. I still want to see those photos, by the way. Uh, let's get into your social media accounts. So anything you own, websites, Instagrams, Twitters, Facebooks, anything you own and you like the world to see and support your work. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, on Instagram, that's probably my primary online showcase and then that is at k rowan young underscore photography mm-hmm. um my name is spelled k-e-i my first name but it's pronounced like the letter yeah. and also i'm a locations manager <laughs> there we go okay that's how that's how, that's how it helps people uh, remember how to say my name when they see k-e-i they're like mm-hmm. hi i had it i had a history teacher in high school i let him butcher my name all the way through high school so that he would stop calling on me because <laughs> <laughs> he was too embarrassed. Um, uh, and my website is www. That's the worldwide web for people. www.krowanyoung.com. There we go. I will. And I don't tweet. Yeah, I don't tick or talk. I don't do any of that. I don't TikTok either. But I will get your informations include it in the show note when I upload these and people have an easier way. So appreciate that. And now is a part of the podcast where I would like for you to highlight, recommend, recognize any up and coming photographer, location scoutist, actor, (laughs) writers, guild award winner, anybody who you feel does not get the proper recognition they deserve. Oh boy. Well, watch it, I'm Sheldon. Okay, there we go. But we get a lot of recognition. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of photographers here on the west side. Uh, L.A. 
Broadway, Westside, Beachside, Santa Monica that um, that I uh, hang with. Um, there's a bunch of them. Uh, like I got. Um, uh, whoosh. Okay, now I'm on a brain freeze because I'm all under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure. Uh, my homie. Calvin Leonard uh, out here. There's uh, Renee Poet King Rodriguez. There's Paul uh, at Sands. Uh, Sands. What is his Instagram? Sands of the Times or Sands? Um, I, I could. I could. I could send them to you. But these are just. These are just my local LA homies that I that I shoot with um, from time to time, and they do a lot of. Uh, low rider car photography and that kind of, uh, you know, those kind of uh, people who hang in those circles, they shoot a lot of that. If that's something that, you know, your eye is drawn to, um, there's, um, there's a ton of photographers I follow on Instagram, like the app street badass group. I want to give a shout out to those guys, Danny and Todd, uh, Danny being at Barksy and, um, at Jumento and, um, I think you had uh, Juan Sostre, yeah. Sostre shots just recently. Yeah, on here too, and uh, Sarah Simon, and gosh, the entire Out Street Badass group um, at the stash. Um, they're they're a really great uh, group that I have followed and become um, a part of, and I'm so I'm so stoked to have them in my network. Um, just to watch, even if I never spoke to them, I would just continue to watch them all in street badass. There's a lot of great work there. There's also, um, uh, at the street thief and, uh, I dare to shoot. Um, that would be Gary Lashmar and, um, and I think his, his wife, I think it's his wife, Katie. She's, uh, she's also, uh, part of the, I dare to shoot. They keep posting and reposting and also, Street Thieves post um, on YouTube. Great content to follow. Um, there's, uh, gosh, there's a lot of great LA, there's a lot of great LA photographers. I know I'm forgetting a lot of people. Um, I think about um, Eric, Eric Bauer. I just did an interview with him on at Street Badass Live. Um Jane Simpson's doing some good stuff. Um, there's a guy who's not even part of Street Badass, and, and he does these skate photos in the skate park. Uh, I'm going to look him up. It's like at SK8 or something like that. I don't even know that his name. I've never seen him. Um, he does some kill. Oh, yeah. It's like some number. It's like 25118.SK8. He does this crazy, uh, like, fisheye wide um, skate park stuff out in Venice and other skate parks is crazy. I don't know. I follow so many people back to my unfocused part. <laughs> I'm influenced by so many different people that I I can't even begin to name them all um, because I draw something from just about every person I follow. Good and bad. I'll be perfectly frank. Some of the people... Um, I love something great about them, but I also there, I could also probably find something that I'm like, this is what, um, you know, this is a pit that I don't want to fall into perhaps, you know? 
So there's good and bad. And, and, and I think I follow people that are willing to be well-rounded and show fearlessly any body of work. Um, and they may love it. They may think it's great. And it's my, only my personal opinion that I say, oh, that's not, you know, that's a pitfall. Um, and that's just my opinion. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that I have grown to understand is that um, everything is just so subjective, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I have, I of the mind that if, if I like my work, great. When I'm tired of my own work, I hit a lull. That's when I need to. Um, go shake things up and have people give me some straight talk. Yeah. Um, also when I'm too in love with my work, I need to have people give me some straight talk <laughs> because that is a plateau. That's a plateau as well. Yeah. Um, if I'm not making mistakes and falling into a pitfall every now and then, then I'm not trying anything new. I'm not trying. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but that's, like so I, said, apologize, you- I apologize to anybody. I didn't give a shout out to <laughs> no, we got. Uh, you can keep going. I don't mind. Oh well, I, I I can't even go through all my Instagram and start pointing them out right now. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of people that I I follow and I gain something from all the time. Okay. So, but but thank you for that. I do appreciate it. And most of the time, that's how I kind of find the next person to speak with on on this platform is based on those recommendations. So I do reach out to a lot of the people. Some accept, some decline, and some never even read the request. So, But it is what it is. I have plenty of people to choose from. So uh, I, I kind of, that sounds kind of cocky, but it's not. I mean, just saying there's a lot of photographers in the world, and I have... Yeah, there's a lot of still penmans. There's a lot of... Uh... Estevan Oriol's in the making, yes, right? Of course. Who's the next one? Who's the next Henry Cartier-Bresson? <laughs> I, I like to believe every generation has at least one. The problem is how do we find them? Especially now in this time of digital age where everything's covered and masked by everything else for three seconds. You got three seconds to be a Henry Cartier-Bresson. How do you become that person? I don't know, but Brisson, right? Like he, this dude was uh, obsessed. Like just hours and hours and hours. It was a full-time job Mm -hmm. of just taking photographs. Um, Some of us don't have that luxury, uh, myself included. But I think even if I did spend, which there are some days where I spend hours out and about on the street walking around. I don't know if it's serving me well if I don't, um, if I don't have an intention or direction, like you said. I think it it counts because you're maybe subconsciously out there trying to still attempt to do it. And as a photographer, we don't have to take our camera in the street and take a photo. But just having the camera with you, I will still say counts. You know, I think that's kind of the maturity part of growing up as a photographer is knowing when 
and when not to take a photo. You don't always have to take a photo. Right. Right. So still count. Um, this is true. This is good. This is good uh, information to consider. I do. I always, I, I always, I think there's only been a few occasions where I haven't mm-hmm. taken a photo. Yeah. Um, but I do always have that camera. I, I've tried to, and I speak to a lot of people that are like, oh, I got to take one photo and I have to post one photo a day. And I tried to do that many years ago and I couldn't do it. And I don't know. just Wait, you couldn't take one photo every day? Not a good one. Because like you oh, right, and like okay. many other people, sure. I'm, I'm my own worst enemy, right? Like, oh, I'm just not <laughs> cut out to do this stuff anymore. And, and I have like very low attention spans when it comes to doing something, starting and finishing. And remember earlier when you're like, oh, I got this notebook. I'm very notorious for buying a notebook. I'll write in the first page and then I'll never touch it again, but I'll go and buy a new one. So I don't know. It's just <laughs> everything I do, it kind of has a start and end date. And the end date never comes. Some of my works are still in the process of being made. It has an expiration date. Yes. Yeah, you know, there is a lot of content because I just, I, I also understand that it's probably just um, a bit of a socially nervous tick mm-hmm. to have that camera with me when, when I don't know what else to do, I can take a picture. Yeah. And yeah, I have my camera, like I I drive it with me to the grocery store, but I don't take it into the grocery store. Um, But if I'm driving to and from the grocery store and I see something, I may want to pull over and ask that person if I can take their picture or, or stop and take a picture of whatever the cops are doing that at that moment. Um, But um, when I'm, when I'm at certain gatherings, Mm -hmm. right. And I have my camera, I tend to, use it also as I don't know a lot of people or I don't know what to do right now. And so I will just start taking pictures. Mm. And, and there's a lot of that type of content that never gets onto my laptop really, or it just gets downloaded and forgotten. They don't go through and I don't edit every single thing I take a picture of. You know, I've got my poor, my poor kids marching band and they volunteered me for their photographer. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's like a couple of football games, you know, where I've taken photos of the marching band and I'm like, Oh, I have to get to that. Right. And I still haven't. Yeah. There's a lot of content. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, and as I was trying to go through and find some, you know, things to submit, I went back to 2021 cause everything else, I don't even know, like they're on unorganized hard drive somewhere. One or two of them are just non-functioning anymore. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, I never highlighted or because or, I have a system where I, I put five stars for the things I actually want to maybe edit. And then once I've edited it, I highlight it in red and it's done, right? So then if I ever want to go back, I go to the red five stars first because yeah. I think in my brain that those are the ones that are the best. But as I was going through the old photos and I was looking at the ones a little to the left or a little to the right in Lightroom, I was like, wait a minute, this one's actually better. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I should do something with this. Don't do it. It's a trap. It is. It's a it's rabbit a hole. It's it a is. deep, it's a freaking Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. Yeah. I was, uh, 
I was reading something and they said, whenever you, you start a project, put a start date and an end date. Not like don't make any more photos, but you know, do a start date from when you started taking photos and then put an end date to, to end. Because what tends to happen is if you keep taking photos to build that project, you'll never finish because you know, you'll keep saying, oh, this one's better, this one's better. So they said whenever you build projects, it's easier to just select a time range. Okay, so for this project, I want to select photos that I shot in the month of October in 2022. So it narrows it down and it forces you to use that. And it actually makes a lot of sense where, because I'm notorious, I've been working on a a project, one single project uh, ongoing. And once I heard that, I kind of like, all right, now I have my range. Cause that's what I was doing. I was I was taking my camera, and I would always make new work. And I was like, "Oh, this is better than that." But that was it. Yeah. I I just kept basically starting the project over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to the end of it one day. I promise. Well, I, I have started a project called uh, the Bench mm-hmm. Series, and I I started it on January first. And the intention is to take a photo every single day of this bench at the beach. Um, and I have done that. For the most part, there have been a few days that I've forgotten mm-hmm. here and there every month, on average a few days. But um, the end date is the 31st of this year, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a very focused, intentional project. Um, and we're in mid-October now and boy oh boy it like me going oh I'm gonna go out and take another photo of that bench um I think I've hit I've hit like a a a good nine months Mm -hmm. this is my natural expiration date for this project but I'm committed to finishing it for a more well-rounded thing so I'm sort of pushing through the lull instead of dropping it at the first challenge of uh, well, it's not the first, but, you know, it's the first challenge of, of boredom or whatever. It, you take a photo of the same thing every day um, really forces me to look at, <laughs> look at it differently all the time and pray also for some interesting people to be there. <laughs> it's discipline. Ah, this bench looked the same yesterday. I don't want to go out today. Yeah. 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 Somebody interesting come sit on the bench or what new technique can I can I try right now Let's with the tool zap, that I've got in my hand? Zap the, the bench with a flash. Yeah, set it on fire, you know. There you go. Well that ended a project. <laughs> <laughs> no more project. <laughs> it's always that. All right. So the last question I always like to ask in these wonderful conversations is what does street photography mean to you? This is a good question. And I have, I've actually asked this question uh, before on a, on a live. Um, street photography today for me is, it's documenting the things that I see, but because I'm on this this mindset right now, um, I think it is not just documenting 
the things, all the things that I see, it's, it's documenting it from my singular perspective. And what is that singular perspective? Um, I think that street photography in general should be or can be. I don't, I don't like to shit on people. I don't want to shit on you. And I don't want to shit on myself. I think it, it can be documenting what a photographer sees, but through their, not so camera lenses perspective, lens perspective, but through their mind's eye perspective. So that, so that I guess, I guess, so that people can see the world as I see, as I see it, mm-hmm. not just because you and I are standing in the same place, we see the same thing, but how I see it, yeah. existential nonsense. <laughs> nice. Oh, all right. I, I do appreciate sharing and. It's very similar for me as well as sharing my perspective of the world. So thank you for sharing. Every answer I get is always different. So that's why I like to ask that last. And as I said, that is the last question I like to ask. However, now I'll give you the opportunity to ask me some questions and I will answer the best I can. Mm-hmm. Yes. I knew this part was coming up and I don't have any questions on standby ready to trigger. No worries. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, well, how often do you go out and shoot these days? I like to, realistically, if I could, I would go out every day. But for me now, with my super busy work schedule, it's as often as I can. So if I have some free time, I will. There was an event that just passed Sunday. That was probably the last time I went recently. No, actually the week before I was traveling for work and I was able to get some free time. Yeah, so realistically, just if I could every day, I would shoot every day. Even if I don't take one photo, I would like to go out and at least attempt it, kind of like I said earlier. But to answer that is is basically just whenever I have free time away from work, I like to go out. You travel a lot for work, right? Uh, I used to travel a whole lot. Now it's very minimal. But you could say I do, yeah. So where haven't you gone that you would like to go take photographs, where you would like to go take photographs? Oh, man. I would like to... So I've been to Thailand, but I want to go back for the intention of street photography uh, I would like to go to Vietnam. I've never been there. And urban areas in Australia, only because I don't want to see some very deadly new breed of caterpillars that are poisonous <laughs> just to look at, or a spider that's as big as my entire foot. So yeah. I'm pretty sure they actually exist in the more populated urban areas, so... I'm not escaping or eluding them there, but it's a start. And I would like to do more of Germany. Ooh. Yeah. Like Berlin or Hamburger? Ham- Hamburg, not Hamburg. <laughs> Hamburg. <laughs> that sort of 
just like tripped out. So I've actually been to both Hamburg and Berlin. I did some street photography in Berlin for a few days. I'd say probably like two the most if I was to add it all up together. It's very, it was, it was different. I was, it was, I find it challenging whenever I go to a new place because I don't know what to expect. And I kind of taught hmm. myself not to focus heavily on forcing myself to try to find something to, to photograph and more just feel comfortable and natural of being there. And I've kind of learned that whenever I see something I want to photograph, I'm going to know and I'm just going to take it. Yeah. Do you find then, then on that point, do you find that you're oftentimes when you're, when you're shooting, is it instinctual and then you notice or, or are you more the type who sees the photograph before it happens and then you just capture it? I would say a little bit of both. So Mm -hmm. I'm, when I'm walking, even when I'm not purposely out taking photos, I'm always observing something just to keep my eye kind of trained and re- and ready to react when I need to. And I don't, I want to say now, I don't really have any intention or a, a specific target on what I want to photograph when I go out. And I'll, I'll use last week's event. It was like this, it's a massive tug of war. Like the rope is huge. I'm still actually trying to look through the photos to, you know, to, to see which ones I like, but I'll, I'll go and like, I know my purpose is to photograph the event, not a specific mm-hmm. moment of what I'm looking for, but you know, when I see it, I'm going to know, okay, this is what I, I want to take pictures of. So, um, for context, I shot the event last year and I shot like maybe 2000 photos and it was very yeah. focused on specific things. And then this year, when I revisited, I actually shot very, very few of the same images that I shot last year. Why? Because I already shot it. I don't need to mm-hmm. tell that story. So this time I was actually looking for something completely different that I did not see last time. Now, granted, I still took very few photos similar to the ones I took last year, but I didn't go out and make 500 of the same photo that I did last year. Right. But as I was walking, I I would see things. I was like, oh, I want to take a picture of this. And I would. So that's kind of like that intent when I go out to shoot is whatever I see that I feel needs to be photographed. And sometimes I'll look through my viewfinder and I'll, I'll look and I'll see if it makes sense to take the picture. Right, right, right. I had a similar experience at uh, uh, an event that has I've gone to for the last couple of years. The first year I went, it was the second annual um, <laughs> uh, Pink Motel party re- held by the, or hosted by the, a car club in the Valley of Los Angeles. It's called the genocide car club. Those guys are pretty rad and they've got amazing custom low rider cars. The paint jobs on this amazing, brilliant, beautiful, just so specific, but they host this cool, uh, party at a, 
at a location called the Pink Motel, which is often used in film and television as well, but it's, it's very um, mid-century modern, specific, and pink, mm-hmm. right? And it's one of those outdoor motels. Anyway, it's very kitschy, and there's a skate pool and stuff. So the first year I went, I just shot it like, oh, my God, this is all rad, everything, you know. So the second year I had that experience where I, I desperately wanted to not bring back more of the same. Mm-hmm. And now if they have a third one, they have a third one. I'm kind of like, I don't know if I need to go again. I don't know if I need to reshoot this because unless I come up with something else, like what is my intention? Mm -hmm. Um, Why would I go a third time when I have tons of photos, tons of photos? Yeah. Because it's kind of the same people, kind of in the same cars, same location. So yeah. Um, Another question I had for you was, since you have traveled, um, where, what places would you recommend? Oh, uh, where would you go for street photography if you could, if you had to recommend any? I, I go everywhere. I would recommend every place. Traveling <laughs> and street photography, you're gonna get something new every time. And my vision is different from your vision, so maybe something that I felt I didn't want to take a picture of, maybe you would like, oh man, I absolutely love this. But I would probably say two places I always recommend is Tokyo and London. Mm. Yeah. They're just nice. Yeah. I've been to Tokyo. Oh. Um, I've been to Tokyo. My mother is Japanese. Okay. Um, and just in 2019, we took, we took my son mm-hmm. To go, so we did sort of all the, you know, all the usual touristy yeah. hotspots. Um, it wasn't a lot of me, although I did get to um, uh, the Golden Guy. I got yeah. into the Golden Shinjuku. Guy. It was like yeah. taking night photos there in Shinjuku, and um, <clears throat> that was cool. And if I could go back, I would do it better, differently. Yeah, I this always, time. <laughs> I always say the same thing when I go to Tokyo and. Uh, you can't not, you know, go and take because you're always gonna see it differently because you shot it one yeah. way and you go back and you're like, oh, I shot it this way last time I was there. I want to shoot it a different way. And I've been to Tokyo over a hundred times, and I, I, it's the same thing, the same mindset. I'm gonna shoot it differently, and I do. And I can't get enough of it. So I, I absolutely understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also I think, and I think every photographer believes this to a, a strong degree that our most recent work is, is our best work because we've gotten better. Or at yeah. least that's what I like to tell myself. Right. And I had uh, another curator once tell me, she's like, all photographers think that their most recent work is their best, but mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you can go back to the older stuff and it, it's good. You know, there's something really strong back there too. Having said that, when she picked some of my work, she picked a majority of my most recent work. So I was like, aha, <laughs> aha, I, I am getting better. I am better. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we think our, our most recent work is the best because we want to believe that we're getting better. Mm-hmm. At least that is for me. It's actually interesting to hear your mom was Japanese. When I f- saw your name, I instantly kind of like, cause I live in Japan. It's like, Oh, that's very mm-hmm. Japanese. 
kind of name. I said Japanese as name. <laughs> Sorry. It's a very Japanese-sounding name. And I don't know. I just Some people, they get really offended when you start asking about their nationalities and their ethnicity. So I just learned if it comes naturally in the conversation, which did, then it will. But yeah, that's interesting. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm like, to be honest with you, there's not, I don't identify very strongly with any part of my, my uh, heritage. Um, my, my father was Caucasian and my mother is Japanese and, and, you know, I don't identify one way or the other. Although, you know, I know, I know there are people who, uh, in my circles, they strongly identify with their, um, their heritage. It, it informs a lot of their photography, in fact. So it's good. I think there's their focus. They have some focus. Good for them. Um, there was another question I had that I can't remember because I too am tired today. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you've already done like multiple interviews and it's early in the morning for you. Yeah, 5.45 a.m., and my day's oh, about Molly. to start, so I got more stuff to do, but I'm okay. I'm all right. Do you sleep? Do you sleep? That's my other question. When do you sleep? Very, very minimally. <laughs> I don't get too much sleep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They say, well, I highly recommend. They say the most successful people only sleep about three to four hours a day anyway. How long do those most successful people live? I don't know. <laughs> I guess <And laughs> how's the quality of life? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I said I when I spoke to Phil Penman the first time, I was like, "Oh, I want to be very successful." And he asked me a question like, "Well, what does successful mean to you?" And I didn't really understand it until I started to understand it. It's kind of a mouthful, but when you understand what he meant and what I'm saying is like you you'll just know and everybody's level of success is measured differently. And to most people who feel they're unsuccessful, they always use other people as the example of what successful is. So it's always usually kind of like, oh, he's rich and he's famous and he can go anywhere and get in a restaurant seated without waiting. But, you know, to other people, like, hey, if my photo got retagged and posted on Instagram by five photographers, I'm successful. So you got pictures. There's a, there's a saying that I like, which, which really comes in handy when, when ever on social media to compare is to despair, mm-hmm. compare and despair. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the belief that if this is my life, then it's my journey, my path, not to sound all woo woo, but you're on yours. I'm on mine. And one path, it's not one path fits all. Yeah. So uh, I'm good with I'm good with letting you you define you and I'll define me and and we'll both be happier I think Stay for on. that. Stay out of my rice bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Any other questions you have for me? No, no. I want to. I want you to try and get some sleep, my friend. But uh, and um, I will send you my thirty. Yep. Um, Shortly, so I'm going to ask you to send me your email or however you want to receive them in a we transfer or not. Okay. Um, Definitely. And and then I'll tag you for the recommendation. Yep, sounds good. I look forward to that. I'll send you my email address. 
I'll get to that. Um, but other than that, thank you to the listeners, the supporters, the fans who've continued to listen and help this podcast grow. I'm getting a lot of messages and people saying that they really enjoyed the podcast. So that's my definition of success is if I can receive that kind of compliment from other people, then obviously I'm doing something right. So once again, thank you to Kay. I appreciate your time. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you to the listeners, Kay, Rowan Young, Like a Street Photography Collective. And since you're half Japanese, you get the Japanese outro. Sumimasen, Korette Laika.